I am Frank, and I'm here with Jalen. Hey, hey. And today we're talking uh, Netflix's big reveals. Uh, Jim Carrey is joining Sonic. We've got Microsoft making a big move in the console wars and some cool new VR things I want to talk about. Uh, We're also going to be reviewing the Argyle movie. So all that's coming up ahead, and we'll put timestamps in the description for you guys. But let's start off with the poll we put out there. We actually asked everybody online, what are your top three Star Wars movies? Before we start answering everybody else's, what is yours? So that's tricky. I know everyone's going to hate me because uh, a lot of people are going to just say, you know, episode four, five and six. I kind of like and, and I, I do like the Christian Haydenson Christian. I'm saying that wrong. Christian Haydenson. Hayden Christensen. Uh, Hayden Christensen. That's why it sounded so backwards. Yeah, <laughs> that was terrible. Uh, <laughs> but I do like the prequel movies uh, he was in and all that stuff uh, just as a 90s kid. And those, you know, always got a ton of hate, but I'm actually really liking the newer ones too. Rogue One, uh, especially, was really good. Um, I know people didn't, a lot of people didn't care for Rey, but I thought she was cool. Rise of Skywalker, Last Jedi. Um, but I don't, I also don't remember exactly what order those movies are in. So I'm probably listing them wrong. But yeah, yeah I like, I, for, I like the newer ones, I think. Yeah, which, which I was surprised that. For the most part, people didn't, but there were a few that also agreed with you, Jonathan. Uh, for myself, I mm-hmm. I have to change up the order a little bit. I went so it's Revenge of the Sith for me, Phantom Menace. I'm a big mm-hmm. prequel fan, and then I'm gonna go Empire Strikes yeah. Back. Um, nice. Rogue One is number four, probably. Rogue One is very good as well. Which no? So which one starts out with that that just amazing scene with Kylo Ren where he stops the bolt of phaser in in air? That's the Force Awakens. So that's Episode. Seven. That that scene is like one of my favorite scenes, and yeah, I wish like we would get to see more Kylo Ren, but we don't, unfortunately. I mean, maybe maybe they'll do a spinoff at some point. Uh, maybe maybe I think he's done with Star Wars. I think he actually said that recently. But we are getting mm-hmm. more Ray, and hopefully we'll get to expand a little bit more Grogu on that too. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about some of our. Uh, this we got this from Twitter, guys. This time we're doing Twitter. Uh, Salty Scott said. In no particular order, Phantom Menace, Empire Strikes Back, and The Force Awakens. So it's a little bit of both you and I. Uh, Chat Tsunami says, Empire Strikes Back, A New Hope, and Revenge of the Sith. To me, Revenge of the Sith, like, is so perfect. The way he, like, goes after the younglings of the Jedi Temple. He's just, ah, it's crazy. It's sad, but it's very cool, too. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Superhero movie talk. Uh, Empire Strikes Back, A New Hope. So that's the very first Star Wars, which I think for a lot of people, there's so much nostalgia in that one, right? I mean, it is a very good one, of course, but um, I think it's it being the first one is a big one. Um, and then Rogue One. Rogue mm-hmm. One is a through line. That and Empire Strikes Back is definitely the most most loved. Going through a few more of these, Geek Salad, Empire Strikes Back, A New Hope, The Last Jedi. So The Last Jedi, I didn't think it was going to be on anybody's list, but that's up there. Thanks for letting us know, guys. We're going to do these every so often with the questions as well. These these top threes, got to get them out of the way. I think they're they're fun to do. Before we get into the news, let's talk about some podcasting network stuff. First off, check out our Patreon, guys. We appreciate every patron. Uh, it is I can't explain to you how happy I am when I see a new Patreon or piece of feedback or something from uh, the listeners that's just showing us that uh, you know the, the appreciation and the love. We really do love it. We're doing a thing called SideQuest over there once a month where we just bullshit about random Geekbox questions and kind of delve into that or stuff about the podcast, or whatever's going on. It's just a fun, literally, like, side quest. It's directionless, and it's just filler. And uh, so we're doing that once a month, and we'll have another one coming out around Valentine's Day. Uh, we have a new uh, Who's Got Next game. They're talking, and that just came out on Monday. Uh, they're talking about video game music. Jonathan, when I think about video game music, I only think about Halo 3, man. it is That guitar rips <laughs> in there. So good. What do you think? Yeah, as soon as you said that, I was thinking like, oh, no, I know Frank especially is going to name Halo. That's his favorite video game music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I know a lot of people uh, like will reach back to the nostalgic like Zelda and like older games. But I like, you know, newer games like Halo that have good, I hate to say good music, but they actually make a soundtrack for, for the game. You know, yeah, you yeah. Can get Tetris stuck in your head for hours, but it's really fun to, to play a game where the music actually immerses you in the game as well. I like that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you get that in you know newer games like Halo. Uh, and then over in Challenge Accepted, they're coming out. That's me. I'm there. I'm part of that there. Uh, coming out with a new episode for the first part of the season two. 
uh, coming out at the end of this week. They're going to be reviewing Halo, and I think yeah, you're joining me on that one. So we'll talk about Halo more then too. <laughs> yes. Double Halo, whammy. More Halo. Uh, by the way, just a filler on that. Uh, Thomas, we've talked about it over on Challenges Tested. I think here too. He he has a few surgeries he had to do, and um, he just finished it yesterday. Came out of it doing good. So he's he's on the mend and he's doing great. So we're all very happy to hear that. That's wonderful. All right, let's get into the news, guys. Netflix revealed a bunch of stuff, and this has kind of been falling in line with what Xbox did last week. But they're like, this is coming up this year, guys. And so let's go over a couple of those things. We don't need to hammer down too much more on Avatar, but yes, of course, they showed more of Avatar, and they showed King Boomy and, and Aang fighting. It's like, yes. yes. <laughs> yep. February so 22nd, cool. I believe, right? First episode's yes. going to drop. And we'll, we'll do a preview show of that, maybe like a... 15 minute little preview show where we talk about comic books and stuff like that. The, the, the data, you know, Jonathan, that others don't. Ooh, yeah, I'm stoked. Got to freshen up on that, don't you? <laughs> I do. <laughs> There's so much. It's like uh, it all kind of washes together in a story and it's like, crap, I don't remember where this took place and when that took place. But yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Uh, we have the final season for Cobra Kai uh, for Sweet Tooth and for Umbrella Academy. Now, I'm a huge Umbrella Academy fan and I understand that this it it's a slow show and stuff like that. It, it, I understand it's ending. Uh, Sweet Tooth, I still have to see the second season for, actually. I completely forgot about that. I have never watched That's Cobra Kai. Show. Have you watched Cobra Kai? I have not. I did watch all of Sweet Tooth, and that was a really fun show. Uh, also, Umbrella yeah. Academy is fun, but it's it's you know weird for the sake of being weird, which a lot of people like. Um, yeah. But I think, yeah. I think <laughs> most people could get on board with, uh, with Sweet Tooth. I, that first season was dope. I just haven't watched the newest one. And then they said that finally season two of Squid Game coming out the end of this year. That's going to be so good. Nice. I, I'm ready for sweet. I'm ready for Squid Game and seeing what's going to happen. I don't remember the main character's name, but I'm assuming he's going to try to dismantle the games themselves. Um, it'll be interesting. His oh. pink hair is a little bit crazy. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. So it's a new season based on the original movie. The series, the original, original Squid Game series. Oh yeah, the series. Okay, so there's that, that competition reality. There's yeah. a competition version that came out, right? Yeah, yeah. So I watched that one, and that's what I thought was coming out again. But no, it's it's the actual. Why do they gotta make it confusing like that? They don't, Jonathan. Nobody watched the reality show but you. <laughs> You're the only oh, person I know I that watched that reality show. <laughs> they did like okay at getting me hooked enough to want to keep watching it. I was like. You know, there's going to be that big, you know, reveal and stuff like that. And eh, it was just kind of OK. <laughs> so then let's go ahead and get into uh, they talked about the two big movies that they're leaning on this year is going to well three. Actually, there's a three body uh, problem, which we won't go into now. We'll explain that later on as it gets up here. We have Rebel Moon Part 2 that's coming out. Uh, that's going to be pretty neat. But I'm really excited for myself. Beverly Hills Cop, Axel F. So. Jonathan, you might be just a little too young to remember Beverly Hill Cop. Do you remember that one? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't. I know a lot of people have referenced it, but I don't remember yeah. watching it. If you hear the theme song, you'll recognize it. And and in the late 80s, early 90s, it was just a really good movie that we watched all the time. Kind of Die Hard, like every time. Not Die Hard. Well, Die Hard. Lethal Weapon. You watched every Lethal Weapon that came out because it was always going to be mm-hmm. somewhat good, you know, even the Chris Rock one. Yeah. Beverly Hill Cop. And it's got Eddie Murphy coming back. It looks so good. It looks like they're just picking up right from where they left off. So nice. anything on Netflix in particular you're excited for? I mean, outside of Avatar. We talk about Avatar all the time. But anything else? I mean, is Netflix still worth it to you? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm still paying it because I know Avatar is coming. <laughs> There's, yeah. I, I do watch Netflix is like my primary like uh, streaming service, too, which is odd to me because there's so much other mm-hmm. stuff out there. Uh, but it's just kind of the one that I always fall back to. I use it. For my son, more than Disney Channel, more than Disney Plus, mainly That's because crazy. I got number blocks and he's just so hooked on that right now. It's insane. Uh, like yeah. I could I could literally just cancel uh, Disney Plus and he probably wouldn't even notice it. Um, but yeah, I mean, they got a lot of other you know, cutesy kids shows, but like that show Louder Milk, I wasn't expecting to find something, you know, entertaining and funny, just kind of a day to day sitcom or whatever. And that was a good, mm-hmm. a good filler, you know, good something to watch. Um, so yeah, they, they do still come out with some interesting content that's relevant, you know, but the, the big, the big, um, swings, you know, the big hitters that you're looking for, they don't have as much as they used to, I don't think. So I'm hoping Avatar is their next big one. Uh, but you know, like HBO coming out with Game of Thrones and stuff, 
we used to see Netflix had those huge shows that everybody was uh, subscribing to see. And I feel like we're getting less and less of those. Yeah, way less. To me, it feels like Disney Plus, where it's like once Mandalorian comes out and Ahsoka comes out and Loki, I'll watch those. Everything else, I don't need to be watching. I mean, I got to finish watching uh, Piercy Jackson, which is a good show, John. You should check out Piercy Jackson. That was solid. Uh, I watched a couple episodes. Yeah, there's not much to watch. Kind of a slow starter, bro. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, it yeah. is. It, it's definitely, you have to watch the first two to kind of get the fact that he's going to be on a journey. Like, it takes a while for them to get to that part. But, um, mm. yeah, you know, it, it's, it, to me, I don't really watch a lot of Netflix anymore. Hardly ever. I couldn't even tell you the last time I was on it. I'm a Hulu guy. And then we were talking about it at the gym. I'm, I'm a lot more into YouTube, actually. I pay for the YouTube subscription. And I think I use that even more than Hulu. So, um, I'm <laughs> going through all the Bob's Burgers so again what, on Hulu. For you... the, I don't know how many times. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. What do you? What is your go-to when you go onto Hulu? What are you watching now? I watch a lot of adult animation. That's my that's my filler of all entertainment. Really, um, is American Dad, uh, Bob's Burgers, Family Guy, Simpsons, and so Hulu's great because it has all the Fox animation domination stuff. And um, mm-hmm. and I, I, I joked with 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 Thomas like, really, if I were to start a podcast about the thing that I'm actually the most passionate about, and actually will watch every single thing that comes out. It's got to be adult animation because even when there's like a new show that's out, I'll watch it just for the sake of like, oh, it's something new in the category. I don't do that with any other thing, like <laughs> even Marvel-y stuff I don't really fully embrace. So probably should be yeah. doubling down on that. Nice. For you, it's mostly Marco, One though, of, right? That's what you really are, are investing in is, is making sure you can entertain the kid. Yeah, something for him. But One thing we put on Netflix, I think is probably why it's the main thing that we put on is it is our like going to bed show lately has been Seinfeld for like a year or two. Yeah. Uh, but it's always some kind of sitcom, at least like that. Uh, so Netflix does have that kind of reliable bank of sitcoms that you could put on anytime. So does Peacock actually, uh, Seinfeld I think is on Peacock as well. Cause it's a Peacock original, uh, NBC original. Nice. But that one has like the office. Yeah. It has uh, AP bio. It has a lot of those too. So sometimes they're, they're good mm-hmm. for just a good classic sitcom like that. Parks and rec and stuff. So Yeah. yeah. Uh, which one has Abbott Elementary? Just the new season just dropped that too. Hulu, I know. Might, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. I, I know. I gotta, I gotta watch that because that was a pretty, pretty funny show too. I freaking love it. That's yeah, so good. I uh, also doubling down over on Netflix is they're gonna be doubling down on all their video game stuff. And they're developing a game for Squid Games, Rebel Moon, and for Virgin River. Rich Virgin River. I was surprised that they're doing a game for that, but apparently it's gonna be one of those um, story-driven games where it's kind of like. I told or telltale games kind of, but even less action than that, really. Um, but Rebel Moon, mm-hmm. I think it's gonna make a really good video game. When I'm watching that movie, which I'll be honest with you, is pretty awful. I'm definitely like, this is a cool world, though. And comic books and video games are where those thrive, I think. Have you had a chance to watch the yeah, first Rebel I, Moon? I haven't. I, wa- I kind of want to watch it because it reminds me so much of the story of Saga, the comic series. Um, yeah, but. I, I have not taken the time to watch it. And that's very disappointing that you say it's it's really, you know, not great. Visually stunning. Uh, visually stunning, the world they're building mm. is super cool. But it's the Seven Samurai story. It's the Magnificent Seven story where it's just like, okay, got uh, it. You got to like gather your forces. It's going to be these seven amazing people or however, whatever the number is. They're going to be able to fight the oppressors and be victorious. Mm. It's like that, but I don't want to get into it now. They, it's It's a part one and then a part two. And then even at the end of the part one, you're like, but at the end of the Seven Samurai story, you're supposed to vanquish the threat or the threat is supposed to be gone. You guys didn't. You just kicked down the mm-hmm. hornet's nest and made it pissed off. So now you just made it way worse. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, oh, man. Yeah. I don't like when they just kind of put put a new facade, a new face on the same story we've seen a million times. That's yeah, good. Exactly. All right. Let's move over to Jim Carrey. It has been confirmed for the Sonic movie. I just I want to give a caveat to this. When I was writing this article and stuff like that, I was like, oh, I, I'm so excited. I love the Sonic movies. And the more and more I'm writing, the more and more I realize I don't think I watched the second Sonic movie yet. <laughs> so, yeah, might oh, need to okay, do that good. One. I thought I was, I thought I was the only one. I was gonna be like, oh man, it's another thing that I need to put on the list that I haven't watched. I watched the first one; it was great. And then I was like, did I not see the second one? I I really don't remember. Yeah, no, I don't think I ever saw the second one either. It's so, one of those things where I, I'm constantly both. like making stuff about it or talking about it or whatever. So you think like I've seen Knuckles so many times now, but it's like I don't think I've actually sat down and watched the whole movie. So. I do need to watch number yeah. two, but number three is coming at the end of this year and it's going to bring in shadow, which is 
widely believed to be the second most popular character in the franchise. Mm-hmm. They even I like how the logo for the movie is going to be the exact same logo as Sonic Adventures 2, which is the game that brought in Shadow. Shadow looks like he's going to be dope, but uh, we're getting Jim Carrey back as Robotnik. And Jim Carrey said he was retired in 2020, and only if it was like a perfect role would he come back. So it makes me kind of excited mm-hmm. that like, first off, he is very good Robotnik. And to me, it feels like 90s carry. And he thought yeah. the movie was worth it. So that's a good sign for the script itself. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, not only do you have a great actor, but a great actor who's clearly very invested in the role or interested in the role. Yeah. Because he said, you know, I'm not coming back unless it's a perfect fit for me. And so he agrees. This isn't just like, oh, yeah, I need the money. I'm going to go ahead and do, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, what's his name? Um, Nicholas Cage. About he Tom just Holland does whatever that, com- oh, comes perfect. along. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just does, does whatever... He's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you want me to play a, a dolphin that can talk? Fantastic. I'll do it. Whatever. Look, don't um, get me wanting the no. brand new dolphin movie by Nicolas Cage. Right. <laughs> if they just put him straight up a fin on his back, I'd watch the shit out of that. <laughs> Free Willy sequel. Free Willy 5, where he helps uh, get the dolphins free, too, from, from SeaWorld. Yeah, but he's going to have to break out his friend, yeah. and he has to swap his face with an orca. It's, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. all- <laughs> Oh, man. It's a whole thing. <laughs> but yeah, Jim Carrey, I, I, the best thing about Robotnik is he gets to be 90s character. He a character again. He feels like the mask. He feels like that kind of Jim Carrey again. I love that. Yeah. Reminds me of, um, what was that? Lemony Snicket. Um, Series of Unfortunate Events. What's that movie called? That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He reminds me of that character yeah. a lot, too, in that role. That's another one, Jonathan. If you haven't seen the Netflix uh, series version of that, have you seen that yet? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I absolutely With, love it. Uh, because Neil Patrick Harris. Neil yeah. Patrick Harris does such a good job playing his version of, of, uh, yeah. oh, I can't think of the guy's name for like Olaf, Olaf. Um, and it's super yeah. good. Anyways. Okay. Yeah. Back, back to this. Um, so <laughs> we don't know who's playing shadow, but they did tease his laughter and everybody's mm-hmm. like, that's Hayden Christensen's laughter. So we think mm-hmm. Anakin might be our bad guy in this. Uh, he did recently after his appearance on Ahsoka, signed with a new talent agent because he hadn't had one in a long time because he's like i'm done after the prequels because everybody made fun of me and uh treated him like shit mm-hmm. i don't want to make it sound belittle it because people dogpiled on him but he's back he's back mm-hmm. to acting and he might be our shadow i can't think of a better actor darth vader to play an evil hedgehog that eventually becomes an anti-hero somewhat friend it's perfect to me. yeah and i love to see in general that he's getting back into acting like that that'll be pretty cool to see where he goes, you know, what kind of roles he'll take on after this. Yeah. He's so freaking cool. I'm totally down for that. And then, yeah, so this is going to be coming out later this year. We know that they're going to be doing the Knuckles series. Uh, ben Schwartz is coming back. Idris Elba is coming back. Of course, Jim Carrey. Um, they're joined by a bunch of new cast members. They haven't given them a role yet, but I bet Rouge, which is the white fat character, is going to be one of them. Maria is probably mm-hmm. going to be another one. Some of the like shadow. I think we're going to get a shadow backstory is what I'm saying. This is hype. I got to watch that second one now that I've realized I actually didn't watch it, which is crazy. Um, but that is so freaking cool. I am ready for that. Nice. Moving on to our next thing here, Jonathan. Let's talk about Gina Carano. So uh, you remember her from The Mandalorian? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, she is currently suing. She just did this the day of recording. She's suing Disney over uh, her being fired from The Mandalorian over things she tweeted. And just so people... Just so we kind of set this down, we're not going to get into the politics of it or the things that she tweeted because in my in my personal no not my personal they were hurtful to certain people uh, Jewish people in particular and so we're not going to reiterate all that. But she was mm-hmm. let go by Disney. She's suing them now. She wants seventy five thousand dollars and to be in the Mandalorian again. Do you think she has a chance? I don't. I'm sure. Well. I, I don't know what kind of contract she signed when she got hired on, but I'm sure there was some kind of clause in there that says, you know, she's an at-will employee if, if she, or if she breaks a certain, um, what do you call it? Uh, like a morality standards clause of practice like or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Morality clause. Yeah. If, if you don't, a code of conduct, if you don't mm, act perfect. like a decent person on set and offset, then we're going to have to let you go. And, you know, honestly, I would not be surprised. I mean, I, very much believe Disney would have a, a case to try to counter sue her for, you know, ruining an asset that they have because her character that they pump so much wow. money into to make, you know, popular in a show, her character is now trash. Like they got to just scrap it or, or recast for it or something. 
So they have to invest more money into something that, you know, if she, if she had a contract saying that she would be a half decent person and that she does things that, you know, are widely agreed are not acceptable publicly, she's dragging the character down and Disney, Disney down with, with her, uh, unless they cut ties and say, Hey, we don't agree with the things she's saying. And, you know, so it, it's in the end costing them money. So honestly, I would not be surprised if Disney was just to counter sue her and say, you know what? We want 75,000 or better yet, your character's costing us this much to, to fill in for. So we want, you know, 642,000, you know, whatever their price is. To touch on what you're saying there. Uh, so they were actually going to work on a spinoff with her. I forgot about this, but then when you said that, it mm-hmm. reminded me of that yeah. uh, Republic Commando. She was going to be leading that. So that's a whole series that got scrapped because of what she was saying on Twitter and what she was, you know, spewing. So that Mm she is liable for a possibly considered a loss. Now, I don't think that Disney would. I think Disney's going to want this to just go away. The thing that kind of throws a wrench in this, like she's an actress who since this has been doing some very F level movies on the side that have been very Mm -hmm. much like the kind of movies you'd expect her to be making. Elon Musk is funding this lawsuit. He's it's part of his stated crusade for free speech and so it's part of that mm-hmm. now let's say her her one of her big arguments one of two is that oh it's because of my beliefs go against the beliefs that they do endure so disney openly appreciates certain things and she is anti those things i think a company i think especially as a country we've endorsed this a company is able to have beliefs and stand by those beliefs am i mm-hmm. wrong or 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 what no, I think, well, there was even a, there was a court case about this not too long ago too, where uh, a business would try to refuse service to certain people based on, you know, not having the same beliefs. And yeah. I don't remember honestly how that was settled. Uh, but I think, you know, it's perfectly fine to disagree with people. It's going to happen all the time. We all have, you mm-hmm. know, different, different perspectives on, on situations, but it's how you act on it that matters. You, there's, you know, you can't go on social media and just be blasting other people and bullying other people and talking bad about, you know, people at, in a very general sense, it's, you know, just not going to be okay. And, you know, there's consequences. You have freedom of speech. Yeah. But if you go into a movie theater and yell fire, there's consequences. If you go exactly. onto a plane and yell bomb, there's consequences. So, you know, there's just things, things that will happen if you open your mouth and say things that you are free to say, you know, but you might lose your job. So. That's unfortunate that uh, she didn't understand that the limits of her her freedoms at the time or, you know, yeah. what the con- consequences would be. Um, but, yeah, you got to be responsible for what you say. And, you know, if, if you get all upset and you want to preach about something, whatever, go do it to a group of friends. Go do it outside of the public view, outside of cameras. That's fine. But when people are watching, your employer expects you to represent the team and the company a certain way. And you need to stand by that. Yeah. And, and, you know, on personal grounds, I don't agree with anything that she's been saying, but, um, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to understand that the company has already stated, like, one of the things she's complaining about is like, oh, the company's been endorsing the opposites of what I believe. Well, then maybe don't Mm -hmm. go against the company directly. You know what I'm saying? If you were working for a company that maybe believed, like, you know, it's just a shame that she didn't have the wherewithal to, first off, it's a shame that she said the things she said. But it's a shame she also didn't have the wherewithal mm-hmm. to think like, oh, I'm a public figure. Maybe I shouldn't make a fool of myself. And, you know, you stepped in the shit yeah. and you're like you're saying before, you're paying for it now. And so I don't think she's got a snowball chance yeah. in hell, even with Elon Musk lawyers. I think Disney lawyers are stronger than that. And um, I don't know about a countersuit, but I don't think she'll have a, I don't think she's got a chance. And she's definitely not going to join. I like the idea that she's suing to try to join the Mandalorian again. Like, how would they even want you on set? Like, there's... No way yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen. You're not going to strong arm your way back into good graces no. with everybody. That just doesn't work. Yeah. You're yeah. already, you're already out of the whole process. So best of luck to you guys on our website. I wrote the article about this and it goes into more details on exactly what she's complaining about. Well, again, we try to keep things a little bit non-political here, um, but I go into exactly what she's complaining about on the website. And I link over to the Hollywood reporter uh, article that goes into full explanation of everything. So please check that out for yourself. guys. We're going into some gaming stuff here. We're going to start with Microsoft. It came out today, or it came out this week, through IGN and The Verge. They were both reporting on this. And an insider called Xbox Era, that Xbox is mulling over releasing Indiana Jones and Starfield on the PS5. So the PS, so the Starfield came out last year. It's a very 
big game. I really enjoy it myself, but I know that I'm in the minority of that. Um, but it's a Bethesda-level game. It's a Fallout Skyrim-level game. And so I, I, they're thinking about releasing on PS5, and then Indiana Jones got a lot of hype for it. It's one of Xbox's biggest titles coming up, and it might release on both systems as well, and possibly even Nintendo. So is this the sign of what Xbox plans are doing for the future? Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand why they would do that unless they were really hurting for cash and this was another another way to make some money. But it seems like by not being exclusive to their system, it seems like it would just hurt them to to allow it to be on yeah. other platforms. But I don't I don't know why they would do that. I mean, I, though, to be fair, I know we've talked about before that it's not necessarily the system that sells, uh, you know, that, that makes the money. It's the games and accessories and, and stuff Game like Pass, that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, there's Game Pass. So if they can just keep it on their platform and people got to subscribe to Game Pass to play it, it seems like it would be much more advantageous for them. Oh, Jalen, I was playing games, Xbox games on my Oculus 3. Oh, dude, you mm. do not need an Xbox in any way. <laughs> it's crazy. <Yeah. laughs> it, it's re- amazing how like I choose extra large screen and it's huge. And it's like I'm in an Xbox theater. It's so freaking cool. VR is so neat. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, you know yeah, what? That's just through the cloud streaming they would have, have. What I thought they would have started doing years ago, probably like ten years ago, is a slight pivot towards building uh, gaming PCs. And a gaming PC yeah. and a Xbox are the same thing. I mean, as the technology is getting smaller yeah. and more compact, like if you just it's it's all pretty much the same thing. It's just the <laughs> it's their thing. Yeah, yeah, it's just the operating systems that you know slightly change the the. HMI user interface is a little bit different, but yeah, I'm surprised that they're not leaning towards that. Maybe they think that monitors and keyboards and all that's going to be obsolete because VR is going to take over everything. But yeah, it I seems just like think it's they too big of an investment. Long term direction. Yeah, because if you're going with like yeah. a gaming PC, the gaming PCs are expensive to make. They're more expensive than you know a Series X and S and stuff. And you, they are. But why? They are upgraded way faster. You know what's that? But uh. So why why do you have to make so if you make an Xbox, make an Xbox and just say just call it a PC and download the software that you have in a computer, it what's the difference between that and a computer? I mean fair point. It's just not as good of a computer then. But yeah, if you're if you're pitching it as like um a bit of a so yeah, if it was like a I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Make the Xbox a yeah. PC I mean, essentially. It, I'm thinking of making the PC yeah. a console. So I'm going the wrong direction for this. You don't necessarily need the gaming yeah. PC to be the kind of gaming PC that maybe I have and and you have too, um, but still well, yeah, and functional when, to where you can play like Legends or something him, like that. Yeah, and once you merge them, you tier it to where it's like, well, if you bought the regular $500 Xbox right now, it would play X, Y, and Z games. But if you want to spend the difference, you know, say your your Xbox is $500, your gaming PC is, you know, 2000 Okay, for two grand or 1500 bucks, you can get the platinum Xbox that's, you know, 10 times the speed of all the other ones or whatever. And then somewhere in the middle, there's a you know $1,000 one or $800 one that is can play World of Warcraft and handle the really big games, but isn't quite the biggest, baddest thing out there, but is more geared towards the dedicated gamers, while people that just want to have an Xbox to play like Call of Duty and, you know, smaller, less intensive games can just buy the cheaper, you know, family-friendly one. Like, I'm surprised they haven't tried to, like, geared towards that over the past several years. So I think the problem is, is that the way, uh, and, and I wish what you were saying was the way the co- industry is going, but I don't think it is. I think the industry is going the opposite yeah. direction where we have all cloud gaming, where they would rather you have a, mm-hmm. a, a flash stick that you plug into your TV that does everything for you and you just stream the game to there. And so the hardware is mm-hmm. not what's important at all. It's the servers in some place somewhere. Like I was saying with that Meta Quest, I play that Xbox games and they're just fine. There's like almost no latency at all. It's 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 inexpensive. I couldn't believe how small the latency was on. It's crazy. So I mm-hmm. think the idea behind this, first off, was Starfield. I think the idea is like we sold as many copies as we're going to sell. Everybody who's going to play it on Game Pass has already played it, or it's not the pool for Game Pass anymore. Let's just get more money now and release it on PS Five. I could see that coming out, especially since Bethesda already has well-established presence on the other consoles with Skyrim and Fallout and the like. So that one makes sense to me. With yeah. Indiana Jones, I think the only way it makes sense is if it's out on Xbox first and then six months, a year from now, or after the release, then it comes out on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good way to handle exclusives because right now, if you're a PlayStation fan, 
and and you're like, oh man, I love that new Spider-Man game or or whatever. A lot of those games you play on the PS5 immediately, and then a year, two years down the road, now they're starting to release them on PAC. This is a relatively new thing they're doing, but it's it's a huge mm-hmm. success for them because nobody was playing God of War one anymore. It came out in 2018. They re-released it on PC, I think, in 2021, and boom, all of a sudden it's on top of the Steam charts. You just made a new release out of a game that was already made. I think that's what Xbox needs to do, and just like tier its releases and not necessarily worry about it's only on our system, but like it's here first. Mm, that is pretty smart. Yeah, I like that. I, and because like it, they're it, still going to get the the Game Pass subscriptions from the people that are willing to get on their system yeah. and use it, and you know they they already pay for Game Pass. But then it's like, well, yeah, if you don't want to jump ship and come to us, you're going to pay a little more. Maybe it's, you know, $30 or $40 to buy the game on another system because it's an older game. But still, that's a lot better than, you know, not getting any other subscriptions or any other income. Yeah. Revenue. And then talking about cloud gaming and stuff like that, uh, this is a meme. So this, my source is a meme, which means it's paper thin. It's a lie if we're lucky. <laughs> but apparently the EA boss. <laughs> I believe saying- all of it. Yeah, apparently the EA bosses were saying uh, that players need to get used to not owning games for the future. And the meme was, well, if that's the case, then piracy is not illegal. And I couldn't agree harder with a freaking meme. Suddenly I'm like, can I tattoo a meme to me? Because that is a great line. And it reminded me of my buddy Scott that's like, I'll pirate the game and if it's good enough, I'll buy it. And it's like, oh, okay. (laughs) But uh uh, what are your thoughts on the future of ownership in video games? Is it a thing that what's going to even exist anymore? Yeah, I never really thought. I mean, we probably we've probably actually talked about this before, but I haven't thought much about that. Where you won't actually own a game, you won't physically like you can't take it with you if you go on vacation or something like that to another country. Like right. you have to log in and gain access through the internet. You can't be on an island playing, you know, a game that you bought. And so there's, there's got to be laws. We have to update our laws as technology you know, advances. And there's got to be laws that protect our rights to that content because you pay you know, 60 bucks for World of Warcraft and you're loving it and you're playing it and 10 years go by and they're like, yeah, you know, this was good, but we're going to stop supporting that game. And then you can't play it anymore. And you're like, well, what about my $60? And like, well, you got your use out of it. Like, exactly. Well, no, I'm yeah. not done with it though. I own it. Sucks. I shouldn't you know, have to stop playing it because you're tired of supporting it or you're not making as much money as you used to on it. So yeah, maybe these games would have to be like a game pass is a perfect example where that's okay. You're paying for a subscription to access to, to rent games, to borrow games. You don't own any of them because you know, they're all free to you once you get in the door, maybe they'll all have to go to that kind of platform. Cause I could see a lot of issues with buying a game and then not actually having access to it at some point. Well, we just had a reminder for this at the end of last year. I want to say Paramount. Let's just throw out the name Paramount. It might not be that. But like if you bought, let's say, Paramount movies on PlayStation, there was a licensing thing where they real where um Paramount wasn't gonna offer the license anymore to PlayStation. I'm again, don't promise any of the names. PlayStation then said, Well, you guys are gonna have any access to any of the Paramount stuff you bought on our system. And people were like, wait a minute, I bought it though. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, no, you bought the license to use it as long as we had the license. So it was like what the hell did you just buy? You didn't buy anything. You bought a promise. And once it's done, yeah. it's done. And that's like ownership. So, and I think that's why we're seeing a rise in physical media. Um, it's funny that mm-hmm. Best Buys is going out on physical media and yet people are going out and buying Blu-rays again. More so than 4Ks, by the way. 4Ks are not selling nearly as well as just straight up Blu-rays. Blu-rays is like a preferred uh, collectible format. And then we're seeing that again with like mm-hmm. Nintendo products. Nintendo, if you're going to buy a game from a Nintendo for your Switch, you buy it in physical unless you're crazy because physical actually retains its value mm-hmm. the entire time. And I think we're going to start to see more and more rise in that. And while, and this might be for the more hardcore gamers and maybe if you have kids or whatever, you're like, yeah, I'll just buy the new Madden because whatever. But if you're a gamer that like, I need to have the collection and I need to be able to sustain the value, I think you're better off buying that physical. And same thing with, with movies and TVs as well. That's the way it is. Yeah. I think it's hard the way a lot of games are made now too, where they're trying to design them to where you you need them, you need more. Like yeah, there's games where there's always updates to them, there's always changes to them and stuff. So you kind of like like Sea of Thieves is a, is a good example. Every time you play it, there's some new update, some new patch or something like that. And so Suicide if you Squad don't go to them and get it updated, yeah. yeah. So you might not be able to play it just because you know you have an outdated version of it. So I think that's their way of trying to make you dependent 
but I, I don't think I, it's great to have updates. That's fine. But uh, you should be able to keep your game and continue to play it indefinitely at the the state that you bought it in, you know? Yeah. It's a, it's a tricky situation we got here. And I think there's not enough pushback on it because I think millennials were the last one to really understand ownership of, of, of media like that. And I think Gen mm-hmm. Z and Gen Alpha, it's going to be just like, like, like with Gen X realized, oh, privacy was this level. And then millennials are like, no, if a picture's taken at a party, it's on Facebook and you have to just deal with that. If you don't like it, don't be at the party. Like we knew that we were losing that much privacy and now it's something that's not even known by the next generations. I think ownership of digital content yeah. might be that way too, where maybe it's just our generations realizing what we're losing and maybe the future generations, the generations that are out now don't know that, that they're losing that. That's, you know, that's just how it is. We're old. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Yeah. You know what? I'm ready to just blow past all that stuff and get into Ready Player One. I just rewatched the movie yesterday. Did you? It is so phenomenal. I'm ready to live in that world. <laughs> it's because you've been seeing those Apple VR things on TikTok and you're like, ah, I want to be in that world. It is. It's that and Netflix put it right in my face and said, hey, you should check this out. And I was like, oh yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. So that was the next thing I hit. I'm a big fan of the VR. It's cool. But the Apple one, I got to say, is definitely next level. That is pretty crazy seeing the stuff that like that. Everybody, it's, it's bigger than rounds because, of course, skull people got real scared of it. But that kid in the cyber truck, the truck was driving and he was on his Apple VR, like doing something, typing something up. And of course, people were like, oh, my God. <laughs> and it's like, look, it was coming. You guys should have known that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's nuts. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, OK, let's go on to speaking of VR. This is great timing, Jonathan. Konami. They did their, they had a 25th anniversary for Yu-Gi-Oh! And celebrating mm-hmm. the event, they did this proof of concept. So basically it was like almost a trailer, but it was in VR, of you playing Yu-Gi-Oh! in a VR world. And I ended up putting the video, I put a little bit of video on TikTok, and then the whole full video is from um, uh, YT Dan, uh, but it's on our website, so check that out, guys. And literally they had a guy on stage playing it and the guy they had on stage it's it's so funny how much he's overacting but he's like oh blue eyes <laughs> it's coming out after me but literally you're sitting there and you are in the Yu-Gi-Oh position think of the anime guys you're in the Yu-Gi-Oh position fighting cards and these monsters or creatures or people are as big as you or bigger it's so freaking cool john i wanted to get into Yu-Gi-Oh the second i saw that thing <laughs> did you have a chance to watch yeah, that video and that's i did i saw the short one that was on tiktok Okay, but still, like that's the amazing like access that VR will give you is any game that you love to play, you'll be able to actually, I mean, once it's developed for VR, be in that world and play it as if you're there. So, I love to see that they're starting to, you know, make more and more VR content. I just hope it, you know, keeps going. Hope there's not major. I know there's going to be issues, you know, bumps in the road along the way, but right, uh, you know, I think people are embracing it. It it seemed like we got kind of hints of VR like 10, 15 years ago. And it was like, whoa, whoa, this is weird. We don't want to mess with that. And then now yeah. finally, you know, it's kind of taken off. So I'm excited for that. It, right away, I'm like, okay, then I need a Pokemon game. I want a Pokemon game in VR now mm-hmm. because the idea of actually having like putting out a Pikachu, evolving the Pikachu, or like, you remember that old stadium game? God, you guys talk about being old. You'd be able to go and like plug your Game Boy cartridges into your uh, N64 controller to upload your characters onto the N64. I'm ancient. Yeah. And then you're able to play your Blastoise against a Venusaur. And yeah, that was incredible. Mm-hmm. And now we might have it to where you could pet the Blastoise afterwards. It's freaking cool. <laughs> yeah. And was it Pokemon Go did a really good job with the augmented reality. So I would yeah. do something like that, but put it you know in a VR headset, but augmented reality so you can still travel around your actual cities, but you also see, you know, Poke Centers here and there and Pokemon that come out and that'd be cool. Yeah, you know, add a little bit of fun to the world around you i would be very surprised if the app one doesn't have a pokemon go pretty quick pokemon go is still thriving a lot of people are still playing it and that's something oh is it oh yeah that's good there was uh, hackers or whatever people that were like cheating in it My for man. a minute that ruined something for me i have friends that got pokemon from australia i'm like you douchebag like that's not cool but I, at least it sounds like they fixed the bugs that where people can't do that so that's good i remember yeah i remember you and me were at a hospital for something we were waiting for somebody else and watching another kid I go down these Australian streets and it it just so deflating seeing that. I was like, I work so hard to get the ones I have. Yeah. And you're just straight up cheating. I don't even want to invest my time or money on right. this anymore. Like I'm riding around my small farm town on a bicycle. Yeah. <laughs> trying to catch more Pokemon. And these people are laying on their couch just getting, you know, the rare ones. I'm like, you, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking suck. <laughs> 
All right, John, uh, let's move on to our review for Argyle. All right, John, tell us about Argyle. You Argyle. went to see theaters. What'd you think of this? This is your first Matthew Vaughn movie, really. So let us know what you think. Yeah, this was uh, kind of fun, kind of silly. Definitely not what I expected from the trailer. Mm -hmm. Uh Overall, not a terrible movie, but probably one I wouldn't uh, go to the theaters to see if I knew really what it was. Yeah. Uh, but not bad. I mean, more kind of like a romantic comedy action e movie in general. I think the but I think a big topic you, that oh, should be discussed is how much the marketing was misleading on this. Because if you thought you were going to go watch a Henry Cavill movie, you didn't. You watched a movie that had some Henry Cavill yeah. in it, but it's a Sam Rockwell. It's a Bryce Dallas Howard movie. And, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I couldn't tell you maybe 10, 10 minutes of Henry Cavill on screen, 15, if we're lucky. And yeah, you get a lot of him like, you know, making those poses and winks at the camera, yeah. but I mean, that's, that's true. His character is not really a key character in the story. Mm -mm. It's a character in the character's books. You know, it's, it just completely misleading. And I think if they did the marketing the other way, if they didn't show Henry Cavill, it would have been fun surprise to be like, what am I watching? All yeah. of a sudden, Henry Cavill's in this and, and John Cena, who I love freaking John Cena yeah. too. That would have been a fun surprise. But yeah. and, and I would have watched it off Sam Rockwell. I love him. And I think he, I, I personally, I think he was the highlight of the movie was the way he was like this mm -hmm. nonchalant cavalier uh, spy. I thought that was a lot of fun to watch. And it, I would have marketed it more like, um, are we trying to do no spoilers? I I didn't ask that. Uh, uh, go go. no spoilers for a little bit, then we'll, we'll fall into it. But yeah, no spoilers for the beginning. Okay. So I would have tried to market it uh, like kind of like Jumanji, where you see the comparison of characters before and after kind of thing. I think that would have mm -hmm. helped a lot, like clarifying the story. Uh, sorry, the newer Jumanji, uh, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that was kind of the biggest uh, shortfall is that, or shortcoming, is that I just, totally had different expectations i didn't expect it to be so much romance and you know i expected a lot more you know action and you know the, the silly kind of whimsical stuff that's fun especially if you expect it knowing you know matt vaughn movies uh, mm -hmm. but yeah definitely just not what i expected yeah as for the storytelling i think the biggest problem is there were so many twists for the sake of being twists you know like they were just and I, mm -hmm. I get the idea of like, oh, we're going to tell you a spy movie that's almost making fun of spy movies and it's it's ridiculous for the sake of being ridiculous. But also it has mm -hmm. to be a fun story. And it, to the point where it was like, I don't even know what Bryce is doing right now at this point. Like later on in the movie, let's okay, we're going to tiptoe into spoilers now, guys. Heads up on that. So, but later on in the movie when you're not sure if she's turning on everybody, if she's with everybody, it felt like they were twisting and turning so much that it was just like, this is kind of stupid now at this point. You shouldn't be twisting this much, you know? <laughs> Yeah, you're in the roller coaster where you're not having fun anymore. You're just trying to hold your stomach together. <laughs> it's just like, ah. but yeah, it was just it got to the point that it was it was genuinely confusing. You're like, well, yeah. this was kind of you know plot twist after plot twist, and now it's just like you're saying, like, okay, where did this stop turning? What direction did we end up facing in the end of it? Because it kind of doesn't make yeah. sense. But yeah, it was it was just all right. That, that, I think that, you know it'd, it'd be a fun movie to watch at home with your family yeah. streaming, but I I probably wouldn't pay to go see it again. Um, that reminds me like well, plot twist, uh, you still have to understand the motivations of the characters, why they did the twist or why the twist exists. Mm -hmm. Like the motivations still have to be there for that. To, but there were times when things were twisting and we're like, and I'm sitting there thinking, but why is she doing that? She shouldn't be all of a sudden on that guy's side because there's nothing that led up to this. Matter of fact, if anything, she should be very furious with him right now. So, and then it's like, oh no, it's a fake out. Mm -hmm. And then that's a fake out too. And then, you know, whatever. Um, so when you guys watch this triple fake out yeah when you guys watch this though fully go in not seriously it reminds me very much of uh, dc's birds of prey which is a harley quinn movie and is delightful because i didn't go in seriously i didn't think it was going to be a serious movie or a good movie and it was just cool action scenes and just like holy shit she just hit this baseball bat and made fireworks and it was just fun that's the idea mm -hmm. when you go into this is that you want to go want to go watch fireworks you want to see them do this weird love dance with smoke bombs you're gonna love it and it's if you watch Kingsman and you think of some of the ridiculous moments, it's probably the most ridiculous version of Kingsman. And um, it very mm -hmm. much is trying to, and they've been talking about this in the interviews, 
It's the anti-spy movie. It's very much trying to do that. So keep that in mind as well. Um, but it's, I think it was, it was interesting. Any, any highlights from the story that you might be pulling out from it? Um, highlights from the story. Yeah. No, I don't know. Yeah, I know. So it, what most disappointed me is in the trailer, you see that she's like predicting the future and they do start out the plot like that. Like, oh, she's predicting what's going to happen in the spy life. And then quickly that falls apart and it's just, you know, not quickly, I guess it takes a little while, but, but then it's a plot twist where, you know, she, this is actually all her past and she is a spy yeah. and it's like, okay, well that kind of ruins the sci-fi cool part of it all. Now it's just a silly spy movie. Yeah. So I don't know. That was, that was definitely disappointing. It, it, it the marketing for this was way off. Yeah. Cause there is, she is not manipulating the future in any way. She's not predicting the future in any way. They do pitch it like she's just a really, and yeah. I thought that would have been a cool like idea. Like they first are telling you, oh, the reason she knows the future is because she does so much research. I'm like, oh, what if she's like a genius mm -hmm. spy hunter and it's be, and it's just something natural from wanting to be a writer? Mm -hmm. Like that would be a really cool angle on this. Nope, it's just memories and they brainwashed her so she doesn't know their memories. Like, oh my god, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the the cliche uh, like soap opera thing is she has amnesia. Like she just forgot yeah. all this stuff. It's like. Are you serious? She literally I, does I have a and then they go to the hospital and then implant memories in her. Like, oh my God. Oh, yeah. shit. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Action wise, though, I think, I mean, it is, there's is silly moments for sure, but just even in general, like when the two of them um, are on the run mm -hmm. in that apartment and he has to throw the cat and stuff like that, all of that was a lot of fun. The fight yeah. on the train, if it wasn't for the, I mean, I don't yeah. like the Henry Cavill switching back and forth thing that they did, but, but generally the fight on the train was cool. Was yeah. Sam Rockwell's. Uh, personality wise fighting was a big plus and and bryce slowly becoming a better better spy that was cool and when i when i was thinking it was her um you know being a really good writer and stuff like that i thought oh man that scene switching thing is kind of cool because she's seeing what he's doing and then she's seeing how she would write it better and mm -hmm. so every time she sees it switch to henry cavill she's like well he's you know throwing the bag at the guy or whatever but he's like i would actually have him swing out the window and come back in and kick him in the head so yeah. she's like already kind of making the story better in her head and but then it's like well no she's not a great writer she just has spy memories because she was a spy it's like damn that ruins everything so what she's seeing in those uh, moments is like, how she would have done it better uh, so, because she is the better spy than sam rockwell's character like we learned true, that sam yeah. rockwell's actually her sidekick so she's seeing like he's fucking it up because he's the yeah. john cena this makes a lot more sense if you've already seen the movie guys yeah. there's a lot of twists here but she he's the john cena so he's not supposed yeah. to be as good as the henry cavill and she's the henry cavill so yeah yeah yeah, the Watson to is Sherlock Holmes. Exactly. Exactly. Um, one scene one scene I did like, I like you're saying, like these action scenes are kind of silly and stuff like that. But that car scene where it's like jumping rooftop to rooftop, as dumb as that was, I like that's pretty cool. Like yeah. you, you have to ex accept that it's, you know, a little bit ridiculous, but right. Yeah, it looks cool anyways. In the vein of like this being the anti-thriller and the Henry Cavill part of it is like what the the normal spy movies would be, that was straight mm -hmm. up Kingsman. Like that is very much Kingsman. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, that's, that's cut from that cloth for sure. And then, you know, when we broke that wall and we went another layer deep, that was, that was different. That was something new. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The acting I think was very good overall. I, I mean, uh, again, it's Sam, Sam, Sam Rockwell really killed it, but I do a loop. I think in this too. And, um, I think, uh, God, what Brian Cranston. Oh, that's right. He played the bad guy and oh yeah oh, he's gosh. just so Love good it. in everything he does <laughs> yeah have we seen him play like a true villain before I, I can't think of i mean obviously breaking bad he was a uh you know distorted character whatever you know changing. by the end he's a true villain but we're but still rooting for him at that point where, yeah yeah he's your favorite you know yeah. it's the darth vader story here um <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we've seen anything like this where he just starts out as like, you know, a, a villain, like mob boss kind of guy or something like that. But I like it. I want to see him do more. And even in this, though, he's kind of playing at some point. He plays like the the soft, you know, dad who's yeah. just trying to take care of his daughter. And then, oh, behind doors, I'm actually running this organization. And then all of that gets peeled open, too. Uh, but I like I like everything he does, the way they wrote his characters, like they wrote that character for him to play. It, it was great. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, because he's he's straight up bouncing back and forth between Breaking Bad and Malcolm in the Middle, back and forth, back and forth. So I, I think they were like, oh, we need to make sure we have Brian Cranston for this and then we'll write the movie around him. And even the reveals and stuff like that, yeah. like they made sure like the reveal was taking a while, like, oh, your dad's over here, your dad's over here, whatever. Again, spoiler warning for all this, but um, 
I thought at that point, like the twist <laughs> to me, like there were so many of them, but they were very predictable. Like Brian Cranston's walking through that door. I guarantee you that much, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. What would you score this out of 10, Jonathan? I'll give you my score right now. I have it five out of 10. Uh, but with the caveat, mm. that if you're a big Matthew Vaughn fan, if you like Kick-Ass, if you like Kingsman, I bump this up to a seven out of 10. But five out of 10 for your average viewer. What do you think? Yeah. I think that's fair. Maybe five and a half, but I say okay. a five. But if you're like you're saying, if you really like these kind of movies, like I was saying, uh, I think it was last week or so about the uh, the beekeeper. Cool. You know, oh, if you really yeah. like that kind of movie, then, you know, that that's golden. That's that's right of reality. But if you don't like that kind of movie, then yeah, it's, it's going to be a swing and a miss. The beekeepers marketing was pretty transparent. This one yeah. was not. So I think a lot of people are going to see it and it's get, probably going to get negative reviews because people are. Yeah, not expecting what they're getting. You're right. That's going to be a very adverse effect to it. Is is people are going to go in with and be disappointed because of the mismarketing. You're 100 right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, so again, I want to double down on everything that's going on in the network, real quick, guys. Again, please join our Patreon. We appreciate it. We have a new side quest coming out next week. Uh, that is a, a free side show for our Patreon people only. And God, we appreciate Patreon people even a buck a month i mean it's just the fact that you guys are there is mainly it and just hanging out with us that is so freaking cool and then for that matter too also check out our discord where you can uh bullshit with us and ask questions and whatnot um also a brand new who's got next game podcast came out this week they're talking about video game music and then and i will tell you this much guys they killed me on the editing because i was like oh i'll add a bunch of game music they sung all the songs so (laughs) I didn't need to because they're like, it's a song that goes, but I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> it's fun. Oh man. Um, and then a brand new challenge, except it's coming out at the end of this week. And so my recommendation, if I have one is watch the Halo series and then join us on challenge accepted. It's going to be a blast. Uh, Jonathan, any recommendations for you this yes. week? I was going to say Halo and Avatar. So what? Yeah. Watch yeah. Uh, the Avatar season one before the new live action one drops. Uh, don't expect it to be a one for one because there's definitely going to be changes, mm-hmm. but it's nice to be refreshed on all your characters and everything before it comes up. Exactly. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, by the way, actually, a side more thing, I forgot about this. We're going to start doing interviews pretty soon again. They're going to be coming back into the podcast. We've got some old friends coming back, some brand new people. Uh, let us know feedback. Patreon's a great place to do that. What kind of interviews you want us to do? I really appreciate that. Um, we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.